Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Hey, man, how many of you were here last week? All right, about maybe three quarters of you. Well, this week is part two of the message from last week, so if it's hard to catch on, get last week's CD, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to put the pieces together when you get home. But the background is Naomi had uh, left the covenant land, the promised land, for Moab. And they had kind of abandoned God in the middle of him disciplining the nation. They left. And while they were away, tragically, her husband and her two sons died. And all that remained were her two foreign daughters-in-law. So after the death of her sons and uh, her husband, she decided that she was going to return to, to, to Israel. And uh, on the way back, at first her daughters-in-law began, uh, left with her. But, uh, you know, she, she, she looked at them and said, you know what, I'm not having any more children. I'm a little too old for all that. Uh, you know, go back to your people. Go, go back to your gods. And, and, you know, life will be easier for you back in Moab. But one of the mothers-in-law, I'm sorry, uh, daughters-in-law decided, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take you up on that, uh, Naomi, and I, I am going to go back. But Ruth clung. And actually, the common denominator between Ruth and, and Naomi was not just their relationship, but it was ultimately Naomi's God. So let's pick up here at Ruth chapter 2 and verse 1. Ruth 2 and, and, and verse 1. There was a relative of Naomi's household, a man of great wealth. He was a man of standing, a man of reputation in Judah. And he was of the family of Elimelech, uh, which was a leaning clan in Judah. And this man's name was Boaz, which literally means man of strength. So he's an example of a strong man. But we're about to discover a strong man not only knows how to take care of himself, he takes care of others. Amen. Verse 2, so Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field. Now, Naomi and Ruth were, were both in desperate need. Uh, they had left in famine and, and they had not uh, plowed any fields and poverty had, had, had hit the land. And they, they're really in a, in a really tough situation. But if you're waiting for God to provide, guess what? He may be waiting on you to take the first step. Dreams won't work unless you do. You have a part to play in God's plan for your life. Please let me go to the field and glean the heads of grain. Now, Moses in Leviticus commanded farmers not to reap the edges of the property as well as the corners. And this allowed the poor to, to work those areas and harvest their own food. And, and it really preserved their dignity because, you know, most people don't really want a, a handout. They want a hand up. 
They want an opportunity. And, and what this allowed the poor to do is no one just gave them something. They, they would work it in the, the just little area that was, again, no uh, farmer, no wealthy person in Israel was supposed to eat their entire harvest. Some was supposed to be left for others and the poor in particular. So the poor would go to that area and they would harvest their food. They would also uh, beat it and, and, and separate the grain heads, etc. And they would work for it. And, and then they would uh, go on and, and have their needs met. I, I, I'll be frank. I don't, I'm not always sure about welfare, but I do believe in workfare. You hear what I'm saying? And, and every now and then, you know, we all need a little help and everything, but, but you got to preserve people's dignity and give them a chance to, to work for it. Now, some situations is absolutely not, not, not possible. But uh, by the way, that was not in my notes. Let's keep going. And gleed the heads of grain after him in whose sights I may find favor. This is important. Now, Ruth was a foreigner to the nation, so she had a different set of eyes. And sometimes, you know, when you grow up in a place, you can kind of have a sense of entitlement. You just kind of feel that you, you deserve certain things. But, but, but she did not approach gleaning as a right. She approached it as a favor. This woman's attitude was absolutely amazing. And when you're grateful for the opportunities you have, it's very unlikely that you'll miss that opportunity. But it's when, you know, it's no big deal. No, that's when we miss our, but, but she was grateful and, and she recognized God's handprint on the country and that even the laws came from a gracious and merciful God. And she recognized that this practice was really God's grace. And she said to her, go my daughter. Now, I don't know if Naomi was too old and it, it seems to be that way, but it's also possible that she might have also been a little bit too proud to work the corners. But, but here's the deal. Ruth was willing to carry Naomi, if necessary, for a season. Not forever, but, but for a season. But we're going to notice that God is watching. And in verse uh, 3, it says, And she happened. Now, Naomi, in 1 and 16, she had already said, You know what? For wherever you go, Naomi, I go. Wherever you lodge... I lodge. Your people shall be my people. And what? Your God, my God. Now, that was tantamount to, you know, they didn't have altar calls back then. But for her to leave her nation, to leave people that spoke her language, and to go to a new nation, learn a new language, and to leave all of her family behind, that was just like when we come to the altar to give our life to Jesus, she was giving her life to Jehovah. And she, she, she had surrendered her life. But, but here's the deal. When you commit to the God of this book like Ruth did, nothing just happens anymore. The Bible says, and she what happened. Now, in the Bible, particularly in the promised land, when you belong to God, a coincidence is really just God performing a miracle without demanding a whole lot of attention. And, but, but, but God is, is, see, God, Jesus said this. Let me, let me teach you something. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. But then he, he described himself. He said, I'm meek and lowly. Jesus didn't walk everywhere demanding attention. And God is so humble. He'll do things that we'll call a coincidence and walk away almost satisfied. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because he's humble like that. But, but what I, I hope you can see through this book, the many things you think are a coincidence are actually the hand of God in your life. You think it kind of just happened. No, you did not just show up here today. 
No, you did not just make it here today without a series of miracles that kept you. There were nights you ought to have been dead in your bed, but God kept you. There were accidents that were supposed to come your way, but he kept you. There were incidents, and, and there was a robber walking right in your direction, but he kept you. You never knew it? You didn't know that guy driving next to you was had too much to drink and, and that God just kind of kicked him in the rib right before his car went over to you. You had no idea. You thought you just kind of made it home, but you have no idea the providence and the power of God at work in a believer's life. His angels are watching over me. They are an assignment in my life and your life. Nothing is a coincidence and nothing is by accident. Now, she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So again, she'd been working uh, Naomi's clan's uh, property, the, the people in, in her family. But then she just happened to, 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 I don't know whose property she wandered off of in order to get to his, but she just happened to walk on and began to, to glean from the field of Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. He was a, a strong man and a hands-on type of fella. And he came to personally oversee his harvest. And when he came, he said to the reapers, this is his first words, the Lord be with you. Now, his first words say a whole lot about his heart. He was a God-fearing, courteous, warm man, and he wasn't ashamed to tell people where his help came from. He said, may the Lord be with you. Nowadays, you say something like that, they'll sue you on the job, but, but he didn't care about that type of thing. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. Boaz ran the type of business that a person could be proud of. His employees greeted him with no complaints. It was just a great atmosphere to work on. And when you have godly people in authority, the people rejoice. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? This says something else about Boaz. He wasn't so consumed with his self-importance, that he didn't notice the people around him, even those of low estate. But also, since he was a man, I think he was also probably thinking, surely someone as fine as this has to belong to somebody. Yeah. Ladies, when you have God's attention, you don't have to walk around half naked to get a man's. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, so the foreman here actually quotes Ruth to Boaz, meaning he was listening. Someone is always listening. So someone is always watching. And I've also learned everybody has an opinion. <laughs> and as a leader, this can either drive you crazy or drive you to go deeper and to get better. There's a picture I want them to show on the screen. This picture has helped me. It says, thought about quitting, but I noticed who was watching. And you got to live like folks are watching and paying attention. 
It is the young Moabite woman. He's again introducing Ruth because Boaz inquired. Yeah, it's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab, meaning her reputation preceded her. We need to live lives that preach louder than our lips. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little while in the house. So we see here the foreman vouch for her. It's important to have people that can vouch for you. I, a lot of people tell me how spiritual they are, but can't nobody agree with them about it. <laughs> and what the, the, the foreman is saying, yeah, she, she worked all day and she only went into, into the tent for shade only once. She was serious about her work. Somebody said this. He said, good work will make it so you don't have to ever introduce yourself. Your work will do it for you. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now this is important because we don't live in this time and we're a little bit removed and we're reading this narrative and we want to get on to the next point. But let's slow down here for a second. Ruth is a foreigner. Ruth is a nobody. Ruth is a peasant. She's walking with the poor. She had no authority and no ability to start a conversation with someone of the level and prominence of Boaz. How many know favor ain't fair? Yeah. When God has selected you, it doesn't matter who rejected you, who neglected you, who molested you, who disrespected you. God will provide. And immediately, I like Boaz. He kind of takes control of the situation, and he's the type of man you didn't have to guess what he meant. He said, you will listen, <laughs> my daughter. Well, Boaz's heart went out to Ruth, and he calls her daughter, which is a, uh, a polite expression that an older man would, would appropriately use for a younger woman. So we recognize from the outset that he's fighting here a little bit outside of his weight. He's an older guy, she's a young woman, but he's about to teach the young fellas a few things. Pay attention. He said, do not glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. The first thing Boaz did was protect her. I know everybody's liberated, and, and I, I recognize that you, you know, you, you can do it on your own. But I've been pastor for more than a, a minute and I've lived, you know, a little more than, you know, 30 years or so. <laughs> Just want to see if you were listening. Every woman wants a man to protect her like his daughter. Every woman wants a man to love her like his wife. Every woman wants a, a, a man to respect her like his mother. And in everything this man does, you see this embodied. Watch verse 10. So she fell on her face, bowed to the ground. When you treat a good woman like a queen... <laughs> It'd just be a matter of time before she recognizes you just might be her king. Pay attention. 
to what I'm saying here. Notice the qualifier, good woman. Because some of y'all are so bruised and so beat up. If a guy treats you nice, like, oh, I just don't feel it. There's no oomph. But a healthy woman, when you treat her right, you hear what I'm saying? She'll respond. Thank you. <laughs> and then she said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes? Elizabeth Taylor famously said, don't follow her on a lot of things, okay? But she was right about this. She knows something about a man. I think she had like six or seven. It's true. She knew how to get him. Keeping him was the problem. <laughs> but she said, when a woman stops blushing, she loses her most powerful charm. <laughs> and, and you see from her response is a blush, and she falls on her face. And she says, why have I found favor in your eyes? That you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. So she's batting her eyes and everything, though her face is dirty, her fingernails are dirty, her clothes are sweaty. But how many of you know a smile is the best makeup a woman could ever wear? Skip to verse 14, and we're going to step into what, if I had to call this a, a, a chapter, it would be Advanced Mac. This guy takes us into a whole new level <laughs> of getting a woman. Now, Boaz said to her at mealtime. So, in other words, he invited her to lunch. And she said, come here, or he said, and eat of the bread. Everybody gets hungry. Even pretty girls need to eat. <laughs> Guys, sometimes all you have to do is just something this obvious to start the wheels turning. And then he said, now by the way, in this setting where you are at the head of the table, you are the, the head person in charge. You are a man that commands, you know, a whole lot of respect in the community, in the area. You only speak when spoken to. So in the midst of this environment, everyone's watching. He says, singles her out and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. I read that and I said, Lord, I think he's getting nasty, Lord. <laughs> Lord didn't say anything, so I don't have any revelation there. <laughs> but, but, but don't get so spiritual you lose your sense of adventure and your sense of fun. You can be spiritual without being uptight. So she sat beside the reapers. This is important, meaning he brought her around people that he knew. 
Here's a spoiler alert. If a man in your life never brings you around friends or family, you are the chick on the side. You don't have to guess about it. You don't have to want, you are the chick on the side. But he wanted to start this thing off right. And it continues. And he passed her parched, not, not just, no, parched grain. Now, parched grain was the high-end stuff. You rubbed it in your hand and you popped it. So over lunch, Boaz bought some dip and a little bit of snap, crackle, and pop. Boaz was getting it done. He was old, but he still knew the game. You hear what I'm saying? It is. And she ate and was satisfied. Ladies, if a man will not invest in you before you are married, don't think he's going to magically change after you're married. Though God can do miracles, and I've seen him do it. But typically, once a buster, always a buster. That's typically the way it works. But watch this. It, it continues. It's really a love story. And she kept some back, meaning he gave her more than she could ask for. Men make it a habit not just to meet your woman's expectation, but to exceed it. Boaz was that type of guy. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded the young man saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. She's basically saying, hands off, guys. You know, if a person will not fight for you, he's not right for you. Also, let the grain, he's, he's instructing his workers from the bundles fall purposely for, for her. So he gave her handfuls on purpose. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.